Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is Meditation and Mindfulness with Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. Good morning, everyone. Boker Tov to those who are here in person at Temple Beth Am in the sanctuary after morning minion. Hello to those who might be joining uh, via Facebook on my uh, profile of the Temple Beth Am page. And hello to those who are listening to this potentially asynchronously on the Temple Beth Am podcast. Uh, it's Friday morning here in Los Angeles, an opportunity to um, take stock of the week and use breathing and stillness uh, and the power of the mind to cultivate a spiritual a spiritual moment. One of uh, my... Um, one of the people who impacts me the most in terms of, I think, about mind and consciousness is Sam Harris. He is an, an incredibly erudite and scholarly uh, atheist. Uh, so he and I no, don't necessarily see eye to eye in religion, but I love his definition of spirituality um, or mindfulness. It's, it's an intentional, cultivated set of moments that brings you to a place that you couldn't get to otherwise or you couldn't get to easily. And to quote one of the teachers that several of us studied from when we were on our Temple Bethan meditation retreat two weeks ago, or really last week, meditation is always simple, but it's never easy. Meaning the invitation to go into it is not a hard, complex set of instructions, the simple process, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. And what I wanted to do today, as I often do, is to frame the meditation we're about to do with some image from the Parsha that we're about to read. And we've been studying Parshat Korach, living in Parshat Korach the whole week. And there's a very interesting scene at the end after the rebellion is put down and Korach and his followers are demolished and swallowed up by the ground. The Torah says that Aaron and his sons should take the fire pans, the very instruments by which Korach was shown by miracle to have been a false messiah, take those fire pans, and one might think that what one would have done with them would be to discard them, throw them away, let's get, let's never see them again. Instead, the Torah tells the Aaron and the priest to uh, heat them and to flatten them and to beat them down and to use those beaten down pieces of metal as gilding for the altar. And there are really two main motivations, I think, for why that might be. One is a warning, right? That the, the, the harsh way of looking at it is so that everyone who approaches the altar will remember the price of rebelliousness, the price of questioning authority. I think there's a softer and more interesting way of understanding it. And that is to remind us that the path to holiness and to righteousness and to goodness always has within it veering away, straying, missteps. And the challenge of a religious person or a spiritual person is to see whether or not, rather than just discarding the parts of ourselves that are obstacles to living how we want to live, if we can incorporate them, keep them, refine them, elevate them, rather than bifurcate ourselves into 
the good part, the bad part, the non-religious, the religious, the doubtful and the faithful, can we find a fusion so that our altars, literal or physical, have within it reminders of the pizza, pieces of ourselves or even the pieces of our community that sometimes get in the way of living how we want to live. So it's a chunky idea, and I'm going to make it less chunky within the meditation, but I wanted you to have that in your mind before we started. So if you haven't already, I want to invite you to close your eyes. And just allow the stillness to start to descend over you. Feeling grateful for this moment. Grateful for your body and your life. Grateful for breath, that thing you've been doing every two seconds since you were born. But probably not nearly intentionally enough. Grateful for this day. Grateful for this opportunity, uninterrupted, to be with self, to be inside self, to be whole and to be well. If you haven't already, you can place your feet flat on the ground in front of you and your palms on your legs, either face up, palms up, representing an openness to the world and to this moment, or palms down, which is yet more tactile between you and you, a very gentle embrace of self. Let's start by taking seven deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. See if you can keep the count. If you lose the count, go back to one. If you never finish the count, it's okay. If your mind strays, just come back to counting and breathing and breathing and counting.
And whether you got through all seven or your mind led you astray, stay in this meditative mode, a portion of your awareness listening to my voice, most of your awareness deep within the cocoon of your mind, enjoying this nothingness, this expanse, And for the part of you that wants to listen and create an image in your mind, go to the parts of you that are Korah, stubborn, haughty, defiant, distrustful of authority, pushing and poking. See yourself as others see you in those moments. Allow yourself to observe deep in your mind's eye the most Korach parts of your soul. We all have them. What's it like for an other to confront that part of you? Who in your life is the Moses to whom you act like a Korah? And how do you feel about yourself as you think about those aspects of yourself? And as you linger there, you might have a feeling of wanting to excise, cut off, or eliminate, push away, denounce that part of you. Can you see some way in which that part of you stays a part of you and becomes part of your altar to God and to good. And that part of you be not eliminated, but transformed, not destroyed, but elevated.
and you think of moments where some of your lesser and more base instincts have been transmuted and have ended up gilding the pathway and the altar to the beautiful in your life. And what would it take for it to happen again? Let your mind swirl. Continuing with deep breathing and continuing to watch yourself transform. And when you're ready, you can slowly start to return to ascend to the surface. Wiggle your fingers, your toes. Gently open your eyes and remind yourself where you are. I'm going to put the closing meditation prayer on the screen. And I will remember finally at some point to actually have it here in person so that the of us who are here in person can read it together. But right now it's just on the screen. We say this prayer three times. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free, be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. 
May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. And may we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. And may we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. And I say to everyone who's present and who is watching on Facebook or listening on the podcast, Shalom and Namaste and Shabbat Shalom. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.